Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey, welcome everyone. This is Inverse, and my name is Justin Kim. We want to encourage you to go to inversebible.org and look at our Bible study guide that we're looking at for this quarter, for these 13 weeks. We are under the topic, under the rubric of God first. God first. In the studio, we have Jonathan and Siku to my right. And then to your right, we have Dr. Sebastian Braxton. Which Aloha. I'm just gave him his doctorate right now. So. Thank you. Nice. I appreciate uh, that. You can <laughs> address him as Dr. Sebastian when you're writing an email address to him. Honorary. Honorary from, from JKU. I receive it. You receive it. Good. Uh, but we can take it back anytime we want. Uh, we're going to go to the book of Second Peter, chapter 3, verse 3. So if you're out there, you have your Bibles, you want to join with us. And we're looking at different vignettes, different narratives of giving and of the giver. And this giving is so common today, but it's so rare at the same time. Uh, that's meant to sound profound. You may, you may have picked up on the profundity of that comment. <laughs> um, Siku, can you pray for us? Because we need the Lord's blessing here. Mm-hmm. Sure. Let's pray. Loving Father, we are so thankful that you um, have modeled what giving looks like for us. Amen. We pray that you would change our hearts so that we could surrender to you and mm. become just like you as um, people who would be givers. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Jonathan, we're in Second Peter chapter 3. Uh, let's start from verse 3 mm-hmm. to verse... Let's go to 9. Sure. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'll pick up from verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, Keep in which up. the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what matter of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the day of the coming of the day of, the, of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Okay, Second Peter is, is waxing, it's, I don't want to say eloquent, because, but it's, it's quite heavy. It's out mm. there. Um, so the main character in this uh, passage is, is who, Sebastian? It is Noah. It's Noah. And uh, there's a lot about judgment, a lot about long-suffering, and at least these elements here. Uh, but give us a little a brief, uh, a briefing on, on Noah. So Noah lived in a time uh, in which the world had gotten to a place where the Bible says that God regretted that he made men mm-hmm. and that every imagination and the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. Mm-hmm. And during that time, the Bible says that God, um, that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. 
something that God called him to build the ark. Mm -hmm. And Noah eventually became a preacher of righteousness while building that ark. Mm -hmm. And from there, um, 120 years, God shut him inside the ark with his family and all two by two of unclean and seven by seven of the clean animals. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The world perished in that flood and Noah was on the other side and God gave a rainbow as a promise that he would never destroy the world Mm -hmm. this way again. Mm -hmm. And at the apex of that narrative, he offers an offering. A burnt offering. A burnt offering. And that's kind of where we're we're honing on in there. Uh, We looked at different vignettes of of giving. In the first episode, we looked at God who in his nature is a giver. Yes. And all of, excuse me, all of creation uh, gives in its purpose and its and its whatnot. Mm. And then in the last uh, episode, we looked at Cain and Abel and, and two little dudes who I don't think they were little, uh, but they <laughs> gave. But they one gave for the right reason and one gave for the wrong reason. Mm. Mm-hmm. And here Noah, we're, we're emphasizing uh, different people who gave in the Bible. But here Noah is giving out of out of what? So let's look at f- different parts of Second Peter. What's ju- what jumps out at you right now? Uh, different. What is the context of which Noah was living in and in preaching in that he gave this offering at the end of the day? Mm. You know, the context of Noah at his time um, was really different from today. Um, the earth was much more, there was much more abundance and wealth. The earth was very close to creation still. Um, yes, sin had impacted, you know, the way of life and, and nature, and but it was, it was much richer. Um, and Jonathan's in that context, comment. people lived longer. The atmosphere, everything was different in that sense. You know, people would get hundreds of years old, almost a thousand years old. And so life experience, uh, the opportunities are vastly um, different to what it would be today. Oh. But in that context of where it is possible to have incredible wealth and impossible, uh, it's possible to have... Uh, a, a rich life experience and lots of things that you can do. I mean, if you have a thousand years on your hands, that's a, that's a lot of time. Yeah. Noah is willing to listen to God's call for a call of total surrender and a call of total focus on one purpose, one mission. Uh, while everyone else is gaining wealth or, or engaging in all kinds of activities, mm. Noah chooses to listen to God's call and gives his life, mm. his life work to God's purpose at this time, uh, in his own, so to say, end time mm. um, uh, of Earth's history. Also, um, you know, recognizing that this is, you know, was unheard of. Yeah. The idea of rain, the floods, the idea of the end of times, so to say, uh, that, was, that was an odd thing. And Noah believed, trusted and gave everything he had. Just to highlight, that's the craziness mm-hmm. of this offering. Uh, the narrative ends, you know, in, in, the, in the children's stories, he's on the mountaintop and there's a rainbow and he offers <laughs> up a nice little present. That's true. That is just one small yeah. offering in the larger picture of the narrative. Mm-hmm. He gave his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not just only his, his uh, like, life, life, energy life, mm-hmm. but his, the years and, right. uh, of, I don't know how, how I should know this, but 900 whatever years he lived. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's given his entire life for a belief. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. radical, radical. I mean, that's we we we, we often kind of just like, oh yeah, he built yeah. the boat and he survived the flood. But I mean, he's given his entire uh, existence for and, this belief. And imagine that the context of this giving was on the impending nature of an inevitable event that he was going to lose everything mm-hmm. that he was building. Mm-hmm. Because there are people right now who will who will sit back and say, well, if I'm going to lose right all of these, why matter? Why give? Right? Mm-hmm. Why? Why try to invest in anything? Mm-hmm. All of this is going to be destroyed. And they look at the inevitability of 
let's say, you know, in, in Noah's day was the flood. In our time, it would be the second coming. Mm-hmm. So then why... Well, there's, there, if I can interrupt, there's also yeah. the analogy, like, stuff was destroyed by water back then. Yeah. The stuff would be destroyed by fire okay. today. Exactly. It's the same kind of parallel thing going on. Yeah, yeah. Letting yeah. us know yeah. that yeah, yeah. The, the similarity of this, yeah. and, and I, I love the fact that Noah was willing to give, yep. even though he knew he was going to lose. Yep. Right? So building up all of these different things, but you're going to lose everything. Yep. So think about the fact that if you were building a house, but you knew your house inevitably was going to burn down, would you still fix things? Would you still, you know, um, adjust and expand this house and make it more safe, make it more this? Mm-hmm. Versus in Noah's mindset, it was to still give, mm-hmm. even though I know inevitably this is going to be all, I'm going to start literally from the yeah. bottom up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking that for Noah, um, for everyone in his day, Building a house and and you know investing in stocks and bonds and etc. Right? Yeah. Um, they were they were going about their lives and doing their thing to make their lives more comfortable here. Yes. But when Noah was giving after he gets the call from God to build the ark, he invests his time, he invests his resources, he yes. invests his life into a, the physical thing he was investing in was building the ark. Yeah. Um. And also in preaching that a flood was coming, like that's an emotional investment. That's yes. investment of, you know, your mind and your, and your voice, you I'm, know, just yeah. he puts all of himself into this thing. What he invested in was going to outlast the, the crisis that, he, that was coming. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking like for us now, like there's a way to invest that is temporal, you know, yes. and that's temporary. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm just saying like with the analogy of, you know, would you still fix the house? Like if fixing the house is just about just fixing my house, you know, so that I can be more comfortable here, mm-hmm. um, you know, then there may be a problem. But it's about investing in things that last beyond what is temporal, mm-hmm. what that's is right. now, mm-hmm. like investing yeah. in something that's yeah. beyond that. So if cleaning up and fixing is about my character, you know, and, you know, having clean the environment. If ah. if it's investing in making yeah. a home that will be safe and comfortable for people to come in and hear about Jesus Christ, yeah. I'm investing not in my house that is temporal. I'm investing in, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. spreading the gospel. It's, it's, it's so crucial, so crucial. So I think, I think Sebastian's comment, people can take on, and I know, I know that's not what you intended, yeah. but like saying, oh yeah, oh, well, I don't, I don't want my house to be around when Jesus comes, so I'm not going to just let it all go. And mm-hmm. there are... There are many Christians yes. who, have, who have lived and are living that way now. Yeah. But what you're saying is, and, and it doesn't say that in the text, but, but Noah had a house, mm-hmm. right? Noah yeah. had food. He ate food because he was around for, for 600 years. So, but his house and his daily life was secondary to his primary objective yeah. of the ark. That house served for the larger reality of the flood. Right. He got, he, he probably, I don't know if he farmed or went to the 7-Eleven or to Safeway. I don't know what, what they did right. for food, <laughs> but he had to do that for the primary f- yeah, view of, of the flood. And so we do the same. We, we, we need to have upkeep our houses. We need to get cars. We don't, but if we, need, we don't realize that there is a larger reality yes. of not the flood, mm. but a fiery judgment. Yeah, mm. there's a day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Uh, and then, you know, there's, there is a eschatological, a last day reality that we have to be yeah. mindful of. In verse 11, it says, 11. you know, in the second part here, what manner of persons ought you to be, in, you know, in the light of all this reality, mm-hmm. Yes, in, in holy conduct and godliness. Now, when, I, when you read this on the surface, immediately you might think, oh, okay, so 
that means following God's commandments, you know, the Ten Commandments, and and being a good person. Yeah. And yes, it does mean that. Yeah. But I think holiness is much more than that. Holiness is harmony with God's will, and that includes present truth. That includes what is God's purpose and mission for the time right now. Mm-hmm. What you know, there's 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 a lot of things we can do as Christians, mm-hmm. but there are certain things God wants us to engage in in certain time periods of Earth's history, and we happen to live, you know, in the end of times. So what is God's purpose for me today? Yeah. If for Noah it was in his end times, you know, to, to prepare that ark, to be faithful with, with that responsibility that God gave him. And uh, I, I, I really think it's, it's, um, it's something that can be a great motivator to know that God has a specific purpose for us today. Right. It's, it is, yes, be a good Christian, care about people, but it goes beyond that even to like there are things you need to do it right now, a certain message to be preached and shared mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. help people to prepare for, you know... A very specific crisis. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A very specific mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And that, Maybe that we can, we can interject mm-hmm. that here is what we often call present truth. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and there is a battle right now on what that present truth is. Mm-hmm. There's different versions of present truth. For Noah's time, the present truth is a flood is coming. So right. there needs to be preparation uh, throughout you know, Bible history, there are different versions of present truth. Yep. Uh, a, the, 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 the Babylonians know, are coming. Right. The Romans are coming. Mm, yeah. uh, the Messiah the is end coming. Of, the Messiah is coming. Uh, Jesus is now in a different part of the most holy, uh, the, the heavenly sanctuary. That's what yep. the heavenly uh, present truth. But what the, the present truth that we are in, mm. if I can even use that word dispensation, not, not mm. capital D, but lowercase d, the, the, the period of time that we're in, <laughs> that the next thing that we're looking forward to is the second coming second of coming. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Um, and there are, there's a battle. Mm-hmm. Saying, hey, no, that's that's not the case. And the irony is this, like in verse 3, knowing this verse, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking their own lusts, and saying, where's the promise of his coming? Mm-hmm. For since mm-hmm. the fathers fell asleep, and all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. They said this during Noah's time. They said this during the Babylonian time, the Roman time. <laughs> and then now today, mm. hey, things are just going to continue. So we need a different purpose. Mm. And whether that is, you know, communism or capitalism or commercialism <laughs> or meism, or, you know, building up my blog on social media, whatever, Mm -hmm. do people even blog anymore? Uh, But whatever it is, there's a different different present truth. Mm -hmm. And um, how do we keep this present truth Mm. foremost in our minds, yet how do we live our lives? Mm -hmm. How do we live our lives? I think that's a a crucial question that that many do not struggle with but should struggle with. I was was, going to say that... um, what this points out is that it's important what you believe, mm. right? It's important um, your, your mindset and the worldview that you espouse is going to determine how you're going to live. So you're yes. saying, how should we live? But it starts with what do you think? What is your view of reality, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm. Yep. So if my reality is that this is all that there is, then that changes what my yes. goals are going to be, like yes. what my purpose in life can be. And so what Paul has said here in verse 11, says, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, mm-hmm. right? So if that's the reality you're living in, it ought to change mm-hmm. what manner of person you're going to yes. be, mm-hmm. right? So what we believe about reality is important. Yeah. Yes. And what the Bible tells us is the reality is mm-hmm. that these things are going to be dissolved. You know, you know Jesus mm-hmm. is coming soon. It's crazy, yeah. Justin, because I feel like in verse 12, he answers your question mm. directly, right? Which is mm. looking for and hastening the coming of yeah. the day of God. So you're like, well, how should I live? Well, the first thing is to look for. Mm. 
And I find that the second coming of Jesus is always a source of encouragement. It's like whenever I I have the opportunity as an elder in my church to kind of oversee the service and to welcome everybody, I always ask the same question each time and say, why is today a good day? Mm -hmm. And if for no other reason, it's one day closer to Jesus coming back. Mm -hmm. Right. And, And that in and of itself for me, no matter how bad the day, no matter how bad the things are going in my life, that's the thing that gives me hope to not give up because yeah. I know that Jesus is coming back and looking for that day. Yes. But then how do I live day to day is hastening to the coming of that day. Mm-hmm. How do I hasten it? How do I hurry what, what it is up? This, what does hastening mean? Uh, break that down. Tell us more because we don't use that word today. That's true. Hasten. Like, is that like, you know, <laughs> well, it's, it's essentially what is that? hurrying it up, right? Reducing, hurrying it up. Right. Can we hurry the, the coming <laughs> of the day of God? So that's a Jonathan. that's a great question, and mm. I'm not here to answer that. However, mm. <laughs> what I'm saying is this: experientially, I, Jesus but it knows, says that it says yeah, hasting yes. the coming yes, yes, of yes. the day of God. Correct. Jesus knows when he's going to come. Yes. Okay. He's God. He knows everything. Well, the yes. Father. The right. Father. Right. right. And so God knows, and we do not know. Yes. We do know. We are in the last days. Yes. Yes. And experientially, for us, we can hasten the coming by living the lives that God has called us to live, by mm-hmm. letting His Spirit, you know, guide and direct us. The, the more we surrender to Him, the more we hasten His coming. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if we engage in the purpose that He has given us, mm-hmm. living these lives like Noah, yeah. this goes beyond, you know, church attendance. This is all-encompassing. Noah did it's not It's quite radical. It is very radical. It's total surrender. Yes. And it is a total, you know, we're talking about giving. It's giving everything for that purpose. And, and, and Jonathan, to, to mm-hmm. further buttress your point, but yet take it another level. Noah didn't just build the ark, mm-hmm. which would have been sufficient. Right. Right. If Noah just builds the ark, mm-hmm. which is what God called him to do, right, is in and of itself committing to preparing people for that day that the flood was coming. But he went another level and was a preacher. Yeah. To try to convince people preacher of this. righteousness. Yes. So, so when you think about it, mm-hmm. people would say, oh, you're doing enough, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, as long as you're building the ark, as long you're doing enough. But in Noah's mindset, no. this hastening to the coming, that's not enough, right? right? The type of giver that he yes. was and the level of gratitude that he had for what God had given him, that he found grace in his eyes, compelled Noah to build in the day mm-hmm. and to preach at night, mm. to preach in the day and to build at night. And his family was convinced yes. of the reality of what he was preaching, though they were not there when the voice of God called unto him. Mm. And this tells us also the individuality that we must bring to our accountability to how mm-hmm. we hasten to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who's around me. Mm-hmm. Hastening as well. It's about I'm called and therefore I'm going to look for, I'm going to hasten, I'm going to preach and I'm going to build. Mm. And that will compel those around you, including your family. If we can just illustrate a little bit, you know, we are expecting our second baby. Yeah. And Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And so, Sebastian's a great name. <laughs> we don't know the gender yet, so we'll... we'll, we'll, we'll I feel we'll, it in my spirit. Is also a great name. I feel it. Which one? Skulolegile. All right. Yeah. I'll keep that we in We are mind. free. Dustin's a good name, too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Just, just not Jonathan. Okay. <laughs> not Walter. Uh, we, wow. Your child Walter, Walter. All right. To illustrate this point... <laughs> yes. ...that we all now forgotten about already, because yes. we're talking about baby names. <laughs> I'm ex- we're expecting a baby. And, yeah. um, and so now... In our minds, my wife and I, Amanda and I, we're, we're, that's what we're thinking about. Yeah. And we know more or less the due date. We know it's soon. And we are, we are awaiting, of course. But we're not just sitting around. We are 
preparing. Yeah. We are preparing, you know, the crib. The, the crib, the, the, the materials now that we had a baby, we kind of know what else we need mm-hmm. and what we don't need. And so we are actively engaging in the preparation process. But you said, you know, you talked about the ark being enough. Yeah. That is technically enough. We are preparing for the baby. But we're also sharing this good news that yeah. there is another child coming. The joy that it brings to you know people close to us. Amen. And yeah. Um, and the and hope. Now and people comes. who are not close to you. <laughs> yes, <will know>. including <laughs> well. everyone who's listening and watching. They're close to us. They're Comment like, below your family. favorite baby names under this video. That's right. Give that's us right. Your baby well, recommendations. Send us some recommendations. Yeah. Yeah. So the good news still goes out. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so. There's a, to me, that's a, you know, a minimal illustration of this, but it is all encompassing because if I see that only as a little aspect of my life, yeah. this child will not have a, a home to come home to. Mm-hmm. It will not be, you know, welcomed and cared for in the right and appropriate way. So in the same way, we are called to, as we understand this great hope we have, share it, mm-hmm. prepare, um, and make it all encompassing because it's not just, oh, God's telling you to do this. This is going to bring you incredible joy and fulfillment and purpose when you engage in this, mm. um, in giving of your life mm-hmm. to God's present purpose for your life. Yeah. Can I, can I, yep. can I bounce on, jump yep. on okay. his? You don't um, have to yep. ask for permission, Siku. No, I, because we've been this on this for a minute. This is women empowerment, you know. <laughs> <sir>. Go ahead. <laughs> um, talking about hastening and with mm. the baby analogy, there are things that you can do to hasten the, the birth. The, the birth. Yeah. yeah. Oh, true. And, um, Red clover tea. Tell us, tell us, the raspberry tea? The raspberry, raspberry tea, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> raspberry tea. Didn't you give Amanda some tea? I think I remember. Yes, raspberry yes, leaf? I did. <laughs> raspberry leaf tea? Yes, raspberry leaf tea. Okay. There, there are things that you can do that, that can slow down or hasten the process, yes. right? And, and I think the, the, concept, the, the concept that I get here is because there's a looking for, it's not just a knowledge of, yeah. but an anticipation Mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the event that's coming, mm. right? So he's, he knows that it's coming because God says so, and he anticipates its arrival as in there's a desire for a preparedness for when it comes. So there's a looking for, and then there's a hastening. So I want to hasten to that day. And in that eagerness, it, pr- it, it results in a certain type of life, right? Yeah. It's, it results in a life mm-hmm. of sharing, of doing the things that are going to get me most ready for that moment yeah. and those around me most ready for that moment mm-hmm. and that 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 eagerness i guess and that anticipation for what it is god has said is coming mm-hmm. results in a, tep- a certain type of sharing you know mm-hmm. and an urgency in the sharing and so in anticipation of the second coming of christ which we know is a reality mm-hmm. there's a life there's a lifestyle that goes with it that that becomes Everything that I am, everything that I have mm-hmm. is looking forward to this event that is coming. And so pouring my life into preparing for the second coming of Jesus in whatever capacity that I can becomes a natural outflowing mm. of what's already internal, this mm-hmm. innate desire to see him. Mm-hmm. And, and I hasten to that. Day. I want it to come and mm-hmm. I want my family to be ready to see yes. him and I want my neighbors to be ready to see him. Mm. So I'm going to do everything in my capacity to make that happen, mm-hmm. you know, so, self-sacrificially. Can we shift gears a little bit? Well, uh, okay, go okay, go ahead. No, you, you, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so I was going to say, when you look in Second Peter 3, in, in verse 5, right, he's talking about these scoffers, as you read, and it says, for this they willingly or willfully forget. Mm. But mm. then he tells us in verse 8, but beloved, do not forget this mm. one thing mm-hmm. about how time and God in time. Yeah. Mm. So you have on one level, 
he says, all things continue. He says, for this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the heavens don't standing. Forget. Say again? But don't forget. Right, but yep. don't forget. Yep. Right. So you see a big difference of what he's trying to Bring encourage the believers is that these scoffers are people who willfully forget mm. right. a certain reality mm. about the world, about the creation and the history of the heavens. Yeah. And this is the one thing he doesn't want us to forget as it relates to this promise of his coming. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me yeah. you guys say, yeah. ask, uh, like, I think some people may say, you guys are weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, John is talking about like Jesus' second coming is like a baby. It's good news. But we're talking about destruction mm. and fire. Like, this is not a happy child. This is like, <laughs> this is the end of the world that we're talking about. Right. And so, hey, we can hasten this this disastrous moment in time. Let's look forward to it. Like, this is, you guys sound like sadistic, weird Christians. Right, right. What? How do we how do we how do we reconcile or how does scripture reconcile? How, how are the two compatible? You know what? Um, when we talk about a baby arriving. Yes, it's beautiful that the baby is born, but to get there, yeah, I can testify is not a pleasant. Yeah, you've had a lot of experience. A, yeah, I've yeah. had a little bit <laughs> a of experience. A lot. With, yeah. a little <laughs> experience. Not any little secret. Yeah. Um, so the actual process at this table of the most. <laughs> at this table, I've had the most. Yes, but the actual process yes. of getting to the place where you're holding that beautiful baby, yes. it's not yeah. a painless experience, yes. right? Especially yes. when it's near. Yeah, the the right. entire thing, right? Um, the anticipation of it and and the experience of it. When Noah was anticipating the flood, when the flood came, it was disastrous. It was horrible. You know, it was destructive. But when he comes out on the other side. It's a whole, it's a brand new yeah. world, mm, right? right. Mm-hmm. Um, just fresh, everything growing green. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. so yes, the, the destruction of the world, the destruction experience is, is a horrifying thing, you know? Um, but it's kind of, I think of our first study where out of that chaos and out of that destruction, then God brings out something brand new mm. and beautiful. Yeah. And it's almost like you have to go through that because of sin. We have to now break apart and destroy, mm-hmm. and then God will build it up again mm-hmm. and bring something brand new and beautiful out of that. So it's not anticipating the destruction. Mm-hmm. It's anticipating mm-hmm. what comes out on the other end, the little baby that you're going to be holding in your arms. Just to emphasize, that's in chapter 3, verse 13. Yep. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Mm. It's just something to think about mm. that, that when Noah was looking at post-flood, mm. it's, it's uh, you know, we think of Jesus coming in like heaven and glory and awesome stuff. I mean, that's what he was looking to, a new world, a new creation mm. where there's no more suffering, no more sin, no more anything anymore. Absolutely. That's kind of the where the, the, the focus should be at, mm-hmm. not in the destruction. And that destruction isn't a bother when you look at the evil in the world. Yeah. Jonathan, we've got a minute left. Sure. It's really, um, I also like the dynamic of faithfulness mm-hmm. and stewardship. So Noah was faithful in that, in that you know, critical time. Mm-hmm. But because he was faithful um, in giving and in living for God's purpose, when he came out on the other side, he, the whole world was his. Mm-hmm. He came out and, and had, it didn't end with just, now everything's good and new. It ended with 
more responsibility mm -hmm. in goodness. Mm -hmm. And the same will be true for after the second coming. We mm -hmm. will not just, mm -hmm. you know, that's, oh, we're here, happy. Uh, we will still have purpose and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and work to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this lesson has been a very, very sober and a very radical and a crazy one. <laughs> and hopefully you've been inspired. I mean, I know this has gotten my juices thinking in a different way. That Noah wasn't just giving. He gave his entire life for a paradigm shift for the existence and the, the non-existence of the sinful world mm -hmm. and the existence of, of, the, of the, righteous, the reality of righteousness. Uh, may we all give. As, as Noah did, is our prayer. And hopefully that's yours out there. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.